0: Sometimes readers think that we're very mechanical. You know, we know how to build a sentence. We know how to, you know, construct a page and if paragraph one, paragraph two, and then it has to be an ending. It's not that way. You write and you have a style, you have a voice, you have. You need to find the, the rhythm. The rhythm for me is, is really important. And I think rhythm helps you to find your voice at the same time.
1: Welcome to the Friends and Fiction Writer's Block Podcast. Four New York Times bestselling authors, one rock star librarian, and endless stories. Join Mary Kay Andrews, Kristen Harmel, Christy Woodson Harvey, and Patty Callahan Henry, along with Ron Block as novelists. We are four longtime friends with 70 books between us.
2: And I am Ron Block. Please join us for fascinating author interviews and insider talk about publishing and writing. If you love books and are curious about the writing world, you are in the right place. Welcome to a new episode of the Friends in Fiction Writer's Block podcast. This week, we are so excited to bring this author and this book to you. Armando Lucas Correa is such a joy to talk to with his multifaceted background as a journalist, editor, memoirist, and novelist. I am Ron Block.
1: And I am Patty Callahan-Henry. We've talked with Armando on the Wednesday Night Friends and Fiction Show about his memoir In Search of Emma, but now we are thrilled to talk to him about his newest novel, The Night Travelers which Publishers Weekly gave a starved review saying the taut pace keeps the pages flying. Readers will be deeply moved. have to say they're, they're
2: right. And this reader is right there with him. It's like crazy. Armando entered the world with print journalism in 1988, when he was appointed the editor of Tablas, a national theater and dance magazine in Havana, Cuba. His career as an American journalist would begin three years later and eventually led to working as a senior writer at People and Español Magazine and served as the magazine's editor-in-chief from 2007 to 2022. hope I pronounced all that right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think you did. And and as if I would know if you pronounced it wrong. (laughs) I don't think so. He has received Outstanding Achievement Awards from the Society of Professional Journalism, the National Association of Hispanic Publications, and so many more. He was also recognized as Journalist of the Year, which we're going to dive into his background, by the Hispanic Public Relations Association of New York, and he received the Humanity of Connection Award from AT&T.
2: Wow. Okay. Armando currently resides in Manhattan with his partner and their three children. His newest work, The Night Travelers, is a sweeping novel following four generations of fascinating and complicated women, and it's out this week. So welcome, Armando. It's so good to see you. you. And happy new year. (laughs) <laughs> we are so ready to dive into this novel of yours, and it's got the most beautiful opening line I've read in a long time. It says, the night Lilith was born, winter storms raged in the midst of spring. <laughs> so <to> start <laughs> us all off, tell us, um, what was the spark that led to the
0: fire of this story? Um, I remember, you know, for me, sometimes takes like uh, three months for the beginning of the book. You know, I spent a lot of time, I remember with the German girl, that is something like, you know, I'm going to be nine years old, I decided to kill my parents. It took me like a three month. It was at the beginning a page and then a paragraph and then a sentence. And it happened, you know, the same with her. We're talking about a, a mother and a daughter that they leave at night and I, Need to start with something strong this way, you know? and and I, I I you know you know the writers we love to play with words and with feeling and with sensation, and I think I have everything there with that sentence.
1: I think yeah. you are right. So yes. I mean, I've noticed it in all your work. It's kind of an atmospheric electricity yeah. is the word that's coming to mind. Like this, so to start with the storm, you know is it seems totally apropos but as a writer i believe that there's what the story is about which i want you to talk about um and 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 kind of give us a nutshell but then i believe there's what the story is really about which is captured in your title can you talk to us about those two things
0: oh and let's talk about the title i remember that my editor, you know, Peter Borland, he's brilliant, and Simon Schuster. Schuster, uh, he wanted, you know, we're talking about a German poet, a young German poet that she needs to live in the middle of the chaos. Let's say that way. You know? And we're talking the whole book about a poem. And I, he said, I want to read the poem. And I said, no, the poem has to be a big mystery. If you don't want to write the poem, maybe we can hire someone and you, we can credit it. But <laughs> no, it has to be a mystery. And I, we, we have a simple phrase, a simple verse. You know, at nine, we are all the same color. And then I started building uh, the whole book around that. And then I found this beautiful, you know, sergo for the beginning of the book that... Uh, Night Travelers Are Full of Light The sumi- mm-hmm. I, for me it was like uh, the key of the book and when I start writing I, do, I don't know you guys but I need to have my title I need to have my beginning I need to fill the whole book until on, on I start writing you know maybe I'm going to change the title later uh, you know, but I need to fill it since the beginning and when I have the the you know the uh, uh, night traveler full of light, and I have the the verse, and I have the beginning. I felt like I was done. I can't start writing this book. yeah.
1: Oh, it's so fascinating oh, because wow. sometimes we go, or and this, I hope I wonder if this is the same for you. Sometimes we dive into a story knowing what it's really about from the beginning, and other times we'll find a line or someone says something, or we read a poem a song, a podcast, something a friend says. And all of a sudden there's like, like the night travelers line. Mm -hmm. You, the whole, you know, that even though you don't know the whole story, the whole story is going to gel around that little, you know, priceless nugget.
0: Yeah. And, and let me be clear, because I, I never have like some uh, uh, writers since the beginning, they have the whole structure of the book Mm -hmm. and they have, you know, I can't, you know. For me, maybe when I finish in my first draft, I need to play the structure and play like a puzzle on the floor. And you see my house, it sounds like I am crazy. But at the beginning, uh, and it happened with the night travelers, I have the maybe the first sentence. I I knew that it's gonna be a German poet. I knew there's gonna be a black girl. And I read this. Article about the, uh, one of the black German survivors who he, he was a child, and this whole story was unknown for me about this over sixty thousand German uh, black Germans that were killed during the Holocaust. It's like a unknown story. When I presented the idea to my editor that now is my agent, she said, "You have to write this book right now." I said no. I'm writing the Daughter's tale. This is a story that I need to process, you know, because it it, it was all the element that is going to be attractive for for the the moment that I presented. And when I, you know, my agent and I sold it to Simon Schuster, I I sold a sentence literally. You know, it was wow. an idea, and I didn't know what's going to happen with Ali and Lily, and then I started building the book. I know they're going to be running around the park in Berlin at nine. I know a couple of ideas. I know she has to send it to another country. Even I didn't know it's going to be Cuba. Uh, And then, you know, months after month, I was building this story. I complicated this story that... (laughs) that ended in this way and then like when you finish i have to play again you know who is going to be the beginning who's going to be the center back and forth back and forth because my back and forth is not like i'm doing some kind of acrobatic literary no it's more like that i need this is happening but what is happening we need to see the past and it's always the past uh, having a presence in the present you know that's my idea history repeats itself and and you have to see what happened What is, this girl that is uh, you know what is a mother thinking that is better for this girl that is going to be born be, be dead how a mother can think that way you need to see the context uh, uh, and that, that's the back and forth for me
1: that and it's just proof that if the cornerstone which it was is right the the whole building of the story can be built on that cornerstone. Um, Armando, you and I share not only a publishing house, but an imprint at Atria. And I know Peter, uh-huh. and he's, he's a genius yeah. as well as yeah. Libby and Lindsay and all of them. But I think that if they trust your cornerstone, you can build the story from there, yeah. which you have, so.
0: Right. And, and I am the kind of writer that I, I, I love to be edited, maybe because I am an editor Me by too. myself, you know, <laughs> and I love, you know, to finish. And, and I need the, I love the challenge. And and with Peter, that uh, you know, and remember, I have an at the same time I have an editor in Australia, an editor in Canada, Peter in, in New York, and I have my editor in Spanish, in Madrid, and then all of them they communicate together, and they have different ideas, and and I remember Peter saying to me, and uh, uh, I want to read a letter from you know. Uh, Lily, at the end of the book, I need
1: some
0: mm. uh, catharsis. At the end, I was like, okay, let's work on it. And believe me, every time that he gave me an idea, I sent back twenty thousand words. <laughs> it, was, it was like a crazy. And I said, for me, I don't have any issue. I don't have any. You know, for me, the deadline. I, I, you know, I, I, it wasn't. I, I finished my book for you on time. Uh, we did the translation. I, we work in the uh, editing the translation, but I can still playing. And and you know, you never finish a book until you go to print. And if I have more time, maybe I, I still changing the Night Travelers. You know, right. I, I said to Peter, I am open to do this. This is your problem. You have a deadline with uh, with Libby and Adria. I don't have it. For me, I finish with you. Then, if you want to play with me, and still creating and 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 at the end you know editors they are right and, and i love
1: the collaboration and, with yeah, the
0: and, and like give the back it, and forth uh, yeah, it changes I, I, things. yeah yeah and peter is a kind of editor that gave me idea and concrete idea is not the editor that they want to rewrite the paragraph that's not the 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 editor that i'm looking for i'm looking at an editor who's reading the whole book and has a new vision i have this big concept of the book that for you, you know, after, because I think the Night Traveler finished with over 125,000 words, but I finished 300,000 words wow. and I am the first editor and I, you know, I write a lot and then I trying to keep the pace and the idea because I, I, I remember for the daughter cell that, you know, this woman is is the owner of the book store in the middle of Berlin during the burning the books? And I study the smell of the Berlin books from that era. No, it's completely different right now because they have leather, they have a different kind of glue, it's a different kind of paper. And I you know, months studying the smell. And I, I remember I wrote like a ten pages. I said, "Okay, this is not you know, you I, I know <laughs> it's, it looks beautiful, but this is not a story."
1: People, readers That's might incredible. skim ten pages. <laughs> yeah. 10 <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I would take ten pages of it. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so funny. I have something called, I call like a reader's light bulb when I talk to you. When you said that you hadn't written the poem of of the night travelers. I, I realized that I hadn't really re- read a poem, but the story itself, as it went along, it created the poem in my head. So I got, I got like that's, my own version the idea. of
0: the poem. Yeah, I yeah. loved it,
2: yeah. and I love this whole talk about editor and writer thing. It's just so fascinating, and it's
0: fascinating, you know. And, the, and 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 I think it's it's cool for the reader. Every time that I do a presentation, you know, they have the idea that you finish your book. You know, their book is going to be copy edited, and that's it. And and mm-hmm. maybe uh, some writers prefer to do that. And and you feel it when you're reading. You you feel that this book needs to be edited. And it happened all the time. And and I love long books. So, you know, I'm not saying that because right now, you know, the 2022, it, it was the year for me for discovering, you know, the the Hania Janahihara. We and I read all her three books, you know, A Little Life, The People in the Trees, The Paradise, and we're talking about over 900,000 pages. That's a lot. And, and June, you feel that she needs to be edited. And I, because I read the profile in The New Yorker and she said, the title is going to be this, the cover is going to be this, and all the words is going to be in the book, you know, and it was successful for her. But right. even uh, some of the books, you feel I don't need these twenty pages here, mm-hmm. and I feel it. It's a, it, they are great books. No, 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 me. <laughs> I love the book and I love a little life and I and I think to to paradise is brilliant. I hate the people in the trees, but this is a kind of other uh, story for me. But but you feel that they need to be edited and and. And you know, sometimes the readers, that do they, you know, they move the pages on the until the same chapter, and you are losing some connection with the plot or the, or the character.
2: Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think a little life really it it just tore me apart. I mean. It was- I, I don't know how, what I would have done differently with it, but it's so great that you work uh, to make sure that the feeling comes through and not necessarily the, with the word count. It's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of comparable that way because I felt the same reading both. So I, well, I do want, as a parent, I want to um, tell you that I was really aware of the sacrifices that the mothers in the story made for their daughters. I know you write about your own path to parenthood in search for Emma. So how did your own path to parenthood influence this story?
0: Oh yeah and I think all my books I remember I I I my major was theater in Cuba I was a, a theater and dance critic and then became a journalist I started yeah I did a master in journalism I I was working at the Herald uh, when I came from Cuba in 1991 and I started collecting everything about the St. Louis you know the the boats and the refugees and I was reading and I was buying, I have a, almost a small museum with all, all these artifacts from the St. Louis. And the idea during those years, it was to write a non-fiction book, do a lot of interviews with the survivors, uh, going to meet the academic and discuss with them and create this non nonfiction book that <laughs> maybe it's going to take like a 20 year to finish. But in to- 2005, I became a father. Mm. And and my perspective of the book, the idea, I, I think Emma made me <laughs> a novelist at the end because uh, uh, she gave voice to Anna and Hannah. And even they, you know, Hannah and Anna, the character from The German Girl, they grow up at the same time, like Emma, because at the beginning that sentence, it was like, uh, I'm gonna be nine years old. I decide to became, uh, to kill my parents. Then when I sent to print, it was 12 because Emma was 12 mm. and, and they changed. And, and I think with Emma, after Emma was born and then the twins, I cried for everything. You know, I mm. cried reading the little life like I was miserable. Uh, crying I yep. saw a movie and I cried and sometimes and it's happened within search of Emma every time that I presented the book somebody said ah you can't read you know the last letter to Emma in the book and I read it and I cried in national television in the presentation and then I decided I'm never gonna read again in a book presentation <laughs> because the people this guy is crazy and then okay it was fine happening within search of Emma but it can happen. Reading the German girl with the survivor, I remember presenting one of the real German girl. You know, she was like a, a fourteen month old in the St. Louis, and she was with me and the presentation, and we cried together. People they're gonna think like I'm crazy, and and I, I had, I think, became a father. Uh, it's something too emotional for me. I don't know it happened with all parents, but in, in my case, maybe because it was like a five-year journey to have Emma, and I really enjoy having my children, that everything is connected through the this way, I think. There is emotional connection in all my books. Yes. and And all of them, they have... This mother and these children and trying sometimes, you know, abandon them is the only way to save them. This is one of the leitmotif in the book. You know, my son Lucas, that he's 13, says, "When you're gonna write a book with a boy like uh, the main <laughs> character?" You know? Because you know we have in search of Emma and Anna is the name of, of you know my twin. Uh, Daughter is Anna, and it's one of the naming the German girl. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, uh, and, and, and this is a project. and It's not going to be my next project, but it's what I acquired already for Simon Schuster. Is the island of uh, of Neverland, and the, mm-hmm. you know the protagonist is going to be a boy. He wanted that the boy's name is going to be Lucas, but I said the people is going to think this is a bi- autobiography of mine because <laughs> my second name is Luca. But okay, we can negotiate that later
1: yeah oh wow well when i was I, ha- I had a question i wanted to ask you that you pretty much answered because as a mother obviously um the mothers and their choices in this broke my heart a thousand times and i couldn't stop thinking about what would i do what would i do right what would i do right right the we have, the book i have coming mm-hmm. out in may is about um a bit about Operation Pied Piper, where mothers have to make Mm -hmm. a choice whether to send Mm -hmm. their children to the countryside. And it had that same flavor to me. And my granddaughter, Bridget, is the fifth of firstborn daughters in my family. Firstborn of a firstborn of a firstborn daughter, all the way down the line. And you tell this story so profoundly from the heredity of the matriarchal line. And I know that you dove into that by being a father. But how in the world did you get so deep into the mother's choices in this novel?
0: Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, uh, I remember when I finished the writing The Night Travelers, we were leaving uh, through the crisis of the abandoned children. You remember on the mm-hmm. Mexico-U.S. border, families yes. separated, children in prison and in make- makeshift cages. I remember mm-hmm. while covering the crisis as a journalist, hearing many times how the women who send their, sh- their young children along were questioned and condemned. That was, you know, talking to the people in Miami that you know, there is a lot of Operation Pedro Pan in living in Miami. that are adults right now, and they, I, I, said, okay. I thought of the parent who sent their children some ten thousand to England during the kinder transport program to save them from the Nazi death camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forgot that, you know, and they are alive because you know, they sent them there, and and. And it was fourteen thousand children that Cuban parents sent alone to the U.S. in the Operation Pedro Pan to protect them from the Cubanist party. I right now maybe you, Patty, and I mean maybe I can't do that. You know, I, I am not I, I am not I too know. strong to do it. But you never know. You never know. I if you know. said this is the only way to save your children what are you going to do? You know, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's really hard. And then don't question this woman or these fathers or mothers when they're sending their children. It's, it's hard to understand when you're living in this kind of chaos and crisis. And the only way to save them is abandon them.
1: Oh, And you, you hit yeah. right to the heart of it. And to watch it repeat itself in history, you know, whether it's the operation Pied Piper operation, Peter Pan, why they keep naming these things after fairy tales. I have no idea, but right. There's these, 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 they name them something and it's so easy to look at the mom and be like, I could never do that, but you could.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And so you
1: tapped into that in a, in a big way. Definitely.
2: Yeah. As readers, we, we really came to understand the choices they made and, and could, um, Okay, oh, I made this question. would could we do it? But they they had such great, great hearts for their children, and it just comes through so beautifully
0: and 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 you know, and the connection if it, it was not like a part of my plan. you know oh, I, I remember really? when I was no, 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 I was writing and writing maybe in my subconscious, reading the story that you know, uh, everything happening, the, the the Trump era and the border. I, I finished my book already. But I have everything in my mind. I, I, I remember I was in Australia doing uh, during the launch of the German girl in 2017 mm-hmm. and someone from the audience asked me if my novel was inspired. By the Syrian refugee crisis, did you remember thousands of Syrian walking around Europe trying mm-hmm. to find yes. a, a place? You know, some place to, I, yeah, I, sit down. I clarify. Yeah. Okay, uh, I have finished writing my book like a two years before the Syri- uh, Syrian crisis. You know, the process from from a book is really long, and and there is a connection. But it's a connection because history repeats itself, and and. I I built the the structure of the night traveler with the back and forth of the years uh, because I wanted to understand that history repeat itself and and it maybe it's happening now and you you need to see what happened before to understand the present and that and mm. structure because it, it, at the beginning I was thinking okay I'm gonna have beautiful name for every chapter. I gonna have a beautiful name. No no I want to be like a slap in your face. You know this is the years and you are going, you know, and I love in the third ad when you are going back 75 years before to understand what happened to this woman.
2: It's great. And I'm loving talking to you because it just gives me so much more heart to, to your writing and your work. And one of the things that struck me in this book particular is how you create atmosphere. In the very beginning of the book, we enter a jazz club, but every aspect of it is just, so on point and the reader just feels like they're just walking in and everything about it is perfect. And you're in a whole new world. How do you manage to do that? And how does, yeah. how does your writing process create that?
0: I, I remember one of the uh, book critic from the New York times that he, she did a great review uh, of the night, the the Doris tell. She said that my style, it was atmospheric and I said, "This is positive or negative? Because you know, for a writer, you prefer to have another kind of style in my mind. But it's true, you know. Uh, uh, maybe because I uh, my major was in theater. The first thing that I published was a play. I feel like I I, I built all my 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 you know a scene like a, you are in a theater. I need you to feel the space. I remember. I don't know if you remember when Ali." Uh, went with Lily to do the test uh, and oh. trying to figure out, you know, I feel the space, you know, she was here in the long distance. It was the desk with the doctors and she was naked and the alive from the top. And then she's on the floor and everybody's, it's, 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 there are giants around her, you know, uh, uh, and for me, that's, that's was. Another reason that the division of the book is at one at two at three, you are like a like a, you know you are the in this theater looking at this from the distance, and I want you to feel the connection you know mm-hmm. it's not in it's it's not that i I was thinking since the beginning there was a natural way organic when I was writing. Because sometimes readers think that we're very mechanical. You know, we know how to build a sentence. We know how to, you know, uh, construct a page and if a paragraph of one, a paragraph of two, and then it has to be an ending. It's not that way. You write and you have a style, you have a voice. You have. You need to find the, the rhythm. The rhythm for me is, is really important. And I think rhythm helps you to find your voice at the same time. And every book sounds different. And every book, because the character, you follow a character, you build a story around them, but you don't, you don't know how it's gonna be the character until you're building all these different scene around, around them. And when they make to have a decision, when they need to talk in the dialogue, uh, everybody has to talk in a different way. But this is organic. I, I think we built a technique. I don't know Patty, if you, it's happening to you. And then everybody, and you, you know, the dialogue, is it, it, not like, uh, oh, how do you feel? I'm feeling fine. You know, yeah. it has to be something strong. There has to be a voice. Um,
1: well, and the hard part is when you don't have the rhythm, and you know the book isn't gonna take off until you can feel the beat, yeah. the syncope of whatever it is you're trying to write. Um, yeah. you can feel in the beginning when it's tilted and that rhythm
0: hasn't and and, and some some, you know, some writers have the well like Stephen King, or Isabel Allende that they start at eight AM and finish at three PM every day. But you know, my life is Chaotic. I have three kids. I have sometimes you have to edit or do the promotion, and at the same time, I'm writing my next novel, and maybe I can't write a, a, a new sentence until the next week. And yeah. then, when you start in my in my case, I have to start reading anything. You know, I, the, the book that I'm reading right now, Seven Empty Houses, and I have to start reading, and then after my brain is warm reading. And then I start <laughs> writing, I'm back to the rhythm of the book. Because sometimes you have to wait a month until before getting again. I'm trying, you know, that's a long time for me. I need, you know, I know that tomorrow I need to write something, uh, even a paragraph. <laughs> oh,
1: I know this feeling, my friend. Wow. I know this feeling, my wow, friend. Wow, wow. <laughs> I want to talk about, um, as, we're, as we're winding down, one of my favorite parts of the book, and it's one of my favorite things to write and read, which is Mm -hmm. the little bit of magical realism that you sneak in there. Talk to us about that. Did you plan, I I once heard Neil Gaiman, instead of describing writers as plotters or pantsers or, you know, free for all, or he called it architect versus gardener. And I'm just curious (laughs) whether, which way you lean. And I mean, I feel like more toward gardener from your descriptions, but did you plan on having some of that beautiful magical realism in there or did that rise up while you were writing?
0: No, uh and and you know, you know that what we write is fiction. Yeah, you know, mm. I, I invented all this character. And at the same time I wanted that the reader know that I am a journalist. And that's the yeah. the thing that I have at the end. You have a you know, my bibliography or the books that I consulted because I want them to know that I am not writing science fiction. This is real. This has happened. But I'm building character around the story. But the rest, they know that I'm building a true story. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and even you know, I am not Jewish. I I am not my, my family is not part of the Holocaust. All this character, they are built in my family, you know, the mothers, oh. the daughters, the, the you know, they all and, and writing is a very solitary, you know, work, job, and you are by yourself in this, and I, I am introvert at the same time. I am not very social, you know, my partner or my husband, he's very social. And, and this is the way we connect with the rest of the world, thanks to him. Very but nice. I remember, yeah, but I remember, for example, talking about this magic realism that I, we went to Sepik week, week after we, we have been together for, you know, over 30 years. We left Cuba together and we decided that last year we're going to get married and we got married. And then it, it was private, but, but, you know my family, my friends, and when we went to Miami for the for Christmas, uh, a couple of friends you know invited us for a dinner, and then we were talking about you know Cubans. So we're talking about Cubans. Someone left the country, and someone is having a lot of exit uh, uh, success in in Miami, and then they talk about this man, this young man, that he built a fortune. Creating eyes. You know, for me, eyes is eyes. I didn't know that the eyes have different categories and eyes can be very expensive. It has to be clear like a diamond. And the transparency of the eye and there has to be a movement. Because, oh my God, the character that I'm writing right now, this little boy is going to be a crazy boy that he's, (laughs) you know, he spent the whole time doing eyes in this Cuba. And then, when he, when he left the country and he's in Miami and he's building all around ice. And because Cuba, you know, is tropical, it's really hot. And, and I want, you know, it, it's part of the reality he came to me and it's real, you know. And, and yeah. then I'm reading books about ice. And my next trip to Miami, I need to meet this guy and, and talk to my friend, that neighbor. <laughs> and, but, you know, this is the kind of magical realism that you find around you. In the real world. And yeah, In the real world. And then it happened with a German girl. You know, the, the, the story of Alma, the old Alma in Cuba, it was my grandmother most of the phrase mm-hmm. a cue is gonna pay for the next 100 years because what they did to the Jewish refugee is my grandmother. And I remember mm-hmm. that my grandmother said that her mother, when she died, or she was dying, the hair was uh, you know, growing, growing faster, oh, that wow. it was crazy. And then she became blunt again. And I said, uh-huh. you know, for me, it, 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 and she have, she cut, Part of her, and it was blonde, and she kept it forever. And I yeah. said, "I need to use this in the book." <laughs> yes, yes, and, and it's, yeah. it's it's real. I'm I'm not inventing something or creating a fantasy. This is part of the story that I heard from my my family. No,
2: very cool. Very cool indeed. Um, so uh, yeah, the magical realism was just so, like icing on the cake for me. It was so beautiful, and it's something that you do so well too, Patty. I just. Your um, book coming out is just full of great scenes like that too. So, but what I want to talk about is well, two things. But the first is this cover. I posted this cover on social media, and you wouldn't believe the number of people went. That is a gorgeous cover. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. What's the story behind
0: it? Oh yeah, uh, you know I I very involved in the cover, and at least in US no, in, and I help. I, I think I was traumatized with the past cover of The German Girl and the Dell. The first <laughs> one, you know, the the, the first one uh, with the hardcover, it was the boats. And it was very impersonal, let's say that way. But the second one, it was a little girl, you know, uh, on her back, uh, looking the ocean. And then if you go to see historical fiction, they all have girls or women the back
1: walking away
0: I you know I said and when I sent they started working on the cover I said I don't want to have a girl I don't want to have a woman on the in the back I don't have walking you know I I please send me something completely different from that and then they send the lighthouse and then a little water I said I need to see more water because it's and they put a, a more water, and then they send a lighthouse like it looks from New England, white, perfect. I said, please, let's do it like the, the one in Havana. is a little crack and a little old, and they did it. and And this is the only thing that I said. and 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 you know, Simon, Schuster and Adrià, they did don't know, the, the, all this research and focus group, and they send them to the booksellers, and it was a winner. And then, you know, uh, and, and and it's a beautiful cover, and I think, I think it has some mystery in it. Because we're talking, you know, the protagonist is a black girl, or a Michelin, or mixed race, or, and you don't want to have it because it's going to have distortion, the whole story, if you put a, a girl. This is not about a girl only, you know. It's, it's right. more complex. It's about when you lost your guide. And I think the lighthouse is, is you know, you, you need orientation. Uh, that's the reason to have a lighthouse. I, I feel it. You know, I, I think it's beautiful. No, that, that- and, it's, that- and it's at night. And the idea yeah. to be yeah. at night, Yeah.
1: It's evocative yep. of the story, which is what you want. Yes. And I went through the same thing with this book, with my new one with Atria. Yeah. Um, I said, please, because it's about Operation Pied Piper in part, but it's also about a fairy yeah. tale. And I said, I just know girl with the suitcase. I beg of <laughs> thee. Yeah. And I said, I, did, I got mine is gorgeous too. And, yeah. and,
0: and you know, and, 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 you know, editors, they, if some cover is, is, it has success or it's a bestseller. They want to reproduce other title mm-hmm. or the images, you know, but sometimes you have to be the first on you, have, you yeah. need to change and it's boring. And, and thanks God, you know, right now, because I love when the, the book right now is sold to 10 different languages. And awesome. I love to wow. have different cover in different countries, but everybody loves the cover and everybody's using the cover. Even in Spain, Good. Latin American, Germany, uh, the Holland has the same cover. Let's see what happens with Germany. No, with uh, Italy and, and France. Let's see.
1: Yeah, I have four different yeah. covers right now. So, yeah, yeah. everybody has oh, yeah. their own interpretation. <laughs> anyway, wow. Armando, I we could talk to you for another couple hours. You are such mm-hmm. a pleasure. And um, I love that you yes. cried everything because so do I. And maybe that's why we write because when you got that much going on inside, we got to put it somewhere, right? <laughs> Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, so thank you for joining us to talk about the night travelers.
0: Thank you. It, it was fun. It was it was fun talking to you guys, and and thank you very much. Yeah. Please, oh. I, I always I always
2: love these because I get such a deeper appreciation for something I already love. So it, it's just thank you for thank the, you giving us thank all you. of this background and your feeling and your heart.
1: It thank is going to be loved by so many of our readers and we're yep. thrilled to help celebrate pub week, so congratulations. And real quick, before we let you go, do you mind sharing with our listeners where they can find out more about the book, buy it right yeah. now and connect with you mm-hmm. online?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, my my, I have a website, it's my full name, armandolucascorrea.com. I have all the events there. Uh, I'm gonna have events in Spanish, and in English, as it be clear that sometimes you see the night traveler and maybe it's gonna be only in spanish some some of them sometimes they're bi- bilingual, and you can you know you can buy i prefer if you go to the independent bookstore around yes. you yes and if not, you know you have Barnes and Noble, you have apple books, you have Walmart, you have Amazon, but go to your independent bookstore, talk to them, you know I am lucky that my book it was the next. Uh, indie, and it was promoted in the yes. in, in all the books independent bookstore, and I, all my presentation that I have right now is independent bookstores. Even in Connecticut and in Miami, it's gonna be books and books. Are one of my favorite in core cables.
2: Wonderful. Ah, awesome. And to all those listening, we hope you'll remember that all of our guest books from both the Live Wednesday shows and the podcasts, including The Night Travelers, are available for a discount through the Bookshop.org site, which, as Armando said, celebrates and helps independent bookstores. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. And as we love to say, please tell a friend.